they've been married for 30 years. He's a pioneer of Catholic lay evangelization, and she has a master's degree in theology. Put on the coffee and get ready to open the scriptures. It's time for Bible with the Barbers. Now, here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome to the Bible with the Barbers. Yes, I'm not babysitting today, our grandson. I'm here with my faithful bride. And Mary, I just uh, think it's great that uh, we're going to give our listeners some insights with Scripture and storytelling about the hidden power of forgiveness and what the Bible has to say about forgiveness. So um, I'm going to turn it over to you, but I'm just happy to be with you, as you know. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining me. And, you know, Terry talked about forgiveness yesterday on the Terry and Jesse show. Mm -hmm. And they actually had a listener who sent in an email last night. And the email talked about her need to forgive. Her husband was killed by a drunk driver. And at the time, I think their three children were in high school. That's correct. And so it left her a widow with three children. And it was really, really difficult. And she actually became kind of bitter with God. Oh, yeah. And... um, but eventually a priest invited her to do the music for this prayer group. <laughs> and she's right. like, yeah, I'm not going to participate in the prayer group, but I'll do the music for you. Yeah. Well, she came and she did the music and she, she was hooked. She got pulled in and awesome. in, in a good way pulled in. She came to the point where she realized she needed to forgive even the man yeah. who killed her husband. Wow. And so she did. She went to the prison where he was. Wow. And met with him to tell him, I forgive you mm-hmm. that you, f- you killed my husband in, in, you know, when you were drunk. And there are so many stories of this where, where people have forgiven someone who killed a family member. There was a, there was a family in Los Angeles, an African-American family, and their teenage boy was shot by mm-hmm. another boy. Yes. And um, it turned out the boy didn't have a family. You know, they, they found out something about him, and so they decided... They forgave him, and they adopted him. Amazing. The person who killed their son. Incredible. And there's the story of the, you know, the man who, um, he was doing prison ministry, and his son was murdered. And after his son was murdered, he couldn't quite face the prisoners. So um, he went ahead and took a step back, and for two years, he didn't do it. And then the priest he had been working with called him and said, you know, I could use your help. Do you think you could come back? So, you know, when these things happen, we have to give human emotion a chance to heal. Right. Um, you know, the trick of it was when the man's son was killed, the first thing he did was he made an act of the will to forgive his mm-hmm. son's murderer. Yeah. But at the same time, he stepped back from prison ministry to give his emotions space to heal. Yeah. And after two back two years, he went back to prison ministry with this um, with the priest he'd been working with, and they visited death row. Mm-hmm. And there was a man who described there how you know, the, the crime that he was on death row for. Mm-hmm. He had killed someone. And at the end of what he said, he said, I just wish that I could know that the father of the man I killed forgives me Wow! before I die. Yes. And the, the, the layman said, well, I'm sure he forgives you. And the prisoner got a little bit mm-hmm. upset. He said, that's so easy for you to say, you know, such a pious yeah. syrup. Yeah. And the man looked at him and he said, no, it's not. You killed my son. Wow. I do forgive you. And, and for those two, yeah. that was complete healing. Yes. It brought healing to them both. It was, you know, and and the father had a chance to tell this man to his face, I forgive you. And then the man could know for sure. Yeah. God can forgive me. Yes. (laughs) And, and again, John Paul II was shot. Yeah. What's the story with that, with the the, uh, prisoner? Attempted murder. Yeah. You know, here it was, it was um, May 13th, 1981. And he was shot 
on May 13th, and um, the man intended to kill him. Yes. And what's interesting is when the doctors did the surgery, they said it's as if a bullet had guided. The bullet didn't yep. go straight Just through him. Just missed the aorta, not, which would have killed him. It, it, it didn't go straight through him. It, yeah. it went around. Yes. The, the aorta. It was in the intestines, an intestinal mm-hmm. aorta that would have killed him. Yep. And, and uh, anyways, when John Paul II got out of the hospital and he was well, he went to the prison to pray with the man and forgive him. Wow. The man who had attempted to kill him. Incredible. This is, this is living the gospel. Yes, okay? it is. You know, what does Jesus say? He said, you know, in, in the Our Father, he taught us, we pray, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive. Yes. And, and he says, if you forgive others, you will be forgiven. Right. After the Our Father, he, he, he expounds on that. Yes. And so, you know, we're tempted in life to write people off and say, no, that person doesn't deserve forgiveness, or I can't forgive that person. Mm-hmm. Or, but does that help us to grow in the image of God? Do we become more Christ-like when we do that? Yeah. What did Jesus say on the cross? Amen. Father, forgive them. They do not know what they do. And oftentimes we think, oh, well, yeah, he said that, but, but, but yeah, these people know what they're doing to me. Well, no, you know. As a matter of fact, a lot of times when people do mean things to us, um, it's selfish. They're only thinking of themselves. And, and like that, the man, the man who, whose son was killed um, by the, you know, the, 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 he later met the man on death row that killed his son. That was a, his son was just in the wrong place at the wrong time, right. as it were. It was, there was a crime going on and his son witnessed it. So the criminal killed the son to, to get rid of the evidence. Yeah. Mary, this is interesting about Christianity versus any other religion. One of the uniquenesses, a uniqueness of Christianity is the word forgiveness. Because Absolutely. think about it, even the Jews, an eye for an eye. An eye for an eye and tooth, tooth for a tooth. tooth. Muslims, no, 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 no forgiveness. No forgiveness. But in Christianity, and, you know, it's interesting. It's very interesting that, you know, we are called as Christians to do some difficult things. But why are we called to do this? Because our Lord gave us an example on the cross. Absolutely. Can we talk about what he said there? Yes. He said, he said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they do. And it's interesting. I was talking um, with a, a good friend of ours, a priest, who we were talking about St. Dismas. The name, that's the name that the, the tradition gives to the thief who, di- who was a good thief who died on Jesus' right hand. Yes. And, and he's there on the cross. And in the beginning, he's making fun of Jesus, just like everyone else is. I mean, he's a criminal. They're condemned. There are three criminals condemned together. He doesn't know why Jesus is there. Right. You know, but, but then there's this, his mom. Jesus' mom is there, and she's crying. You know, she's there. She's bearing this silently. John is there. Sure. Mary Magdalene is at the foot of the cross. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he comes. At some point, he became silent, and he starts taking it all in. And he hears Jesus say, Father, forgive them. The people are making fun of him. And, and a darkness comes over the land, mm-hmm. a great darkness. And he says, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they do. And the good thief, is he's, he's looking and he's watching and he's watching Jesus. And he's like, he's not dying like us. He's not cursing and screaming and condemning other people and blaming other people. Right. And so then the other thief says, well, if you're really the son of God, <laughs> come down from that cross and save yourself and us too. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I like that. <laughs> you know, save cute. us too. And, and. The good thief looks at him and says, have you no fear of God, seeing wow. that you are under the same sentence? Yes. We have only paying the price for our crime. Yeah. This man is innocent. Right. So he confesses Jesus' innocence. 
and he and he acknowledges that he's guilty and he's sorry. And then he says, he looks at Jesus and says, Lord, calling him Lord, acknowledges him at God. Yes. And he says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He doesn't even ask for a place. Wow. He just asks that Jesus would remember him and not forget him. Yeah. And Jesus says to him, this day you shall be with me in paradise. And it's funny because I've heard people Powerful. say, you know, I've heard people say, oh, gosh, you know, Dismas, he got off easy. You know, I, he didn't even have to go to purgatory. If, if, you know. <laughs> and, and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. You want to trade places with him? Yeah, really? You want to die crucifixion? And in the end, his legs were broken so that he would suffocate to death? Mm. Uh, is that how you want to die? You know, he had to be there. He was, all these people were making fun of Jesus. And in front of them all, he, who was a criminal, whom they really would have ridiculed, stands up and says, no. This man is innocent. Mm -hmm. He recognizes, he becomes silent, and he begins to look at Jesus. And I think this is what we need to do if we're going to forgive. We have to become silent. We have to silence the inner dialogue, seize the inner dialogue, and change the subject of our meditation. We need to stop ruminating on how we were hurt. Yes. We need to stop ruminating on what we think is um, someone's vindictive will against us. And we need to look at the Lord. You know, Mary, one of the issues is uh, many people I've talked to who have a hard time forgiving someone, they say, well, the issue is just too big. God understands that I can't forgive that person. Ooh. But, uh, you know, if we look at the biblical teachings of Jesus, whether it's uh, Matthew 18, which asks how many times should I forgive my brother? You know, the answer is uh, a, a lot, you know, every time. Every time. <laughs> every time. And so <laughs> here's my question. When you have somebody who... Uh, you need to forgive, uh, and they won't accept your forgiveness, but it's still important, is it not, for you to go the extra mile because it's not, it's not, that, uh, it's not that they receive your forgiveness. They might not at this certain point, but it's the fact that you went out and offered to forgive them. I think that's the key, not so much the results, but that you were proactive in going out and, and forgiving that person Right, and sometimes we can't forgive people face-to-face right away. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like the man whose son was killed. He, but he made an act of the will to forgive. Right. And the reality is, is when we choose not to forgive any particular person, no matter what the offense is, mm-hmm. it destroys us. It certainly does. Look at the lady that just wrote that letter that you started to show off with. I have it in my hands. She said she spent eight years, you know what she said in her letters? You know, personal hell. Yeah. Uh, she was. She had trauma. She had grief. She had anger for eight horrific years. Eight years. Now, how many of you? I know there's someone out in the audience right now that says I can relate to that woman. Yeah. My life has been tough because I can't forgive my mother, brother, sister, whoever in their life. Yes. And we're encouraging you to be proactive and go and forgive that person. And see what happens to your life. Because what this woman said, it gave her grace and freedom. She said scripture came alive in her heart. And her love for Jesus grew. And she she said, now I have true joy. Who wants that? Everyone wants, Mary Danielle? Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want everybody (laughs) wants joy. Is there anyone out there who doesn't want joy in your life? Exactly. You're listening to the Bible with the Barbers, believe it or not. I'm here with my faithful bride talking about the hidden power of forgiveness on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family.
Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome, welcome back to Bible with the Barbers, and we are talking about that critical issue of forgiveness. Amen. Being able to forgive those who have injured us, and that also, by the way, means asking pardon for those whom we have injured. Now, Terry brought up in the last section that passage from Matthew's Gospel in Matthew 18, verses 21 and 22. Then Peter came up and said, Lord, how often shall I, shall my brothers, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Peter thinks he's being very generous. And Jesus says to him, I do not say seven times, but 70 times seven times. It's like, what? Wait a minute. No, no limit. No, that doesn't, that's not a specific number. That's just, that's saying there's no limit to the amount of times we have to forgive. We must forgive. And there are three paragraphs in the Catechism of the Catholic Church that refer to this passage, uh, 928, 2227, and 2845. In 928, it says, there is no offense, no matter how serious, that the church cannot forgive. There is no one, however wicked and guilty, who may not confidently hope for forgiveness, provided his repentance is honest. Okay? Is his repentance honest? Does he really mean it? I'm sincerely sorry for my sins. I've offended God. I'm sorry. Christ, who died for all men, desires that in his church the gates of forgiveness should always be open to anyone who turns away from their sins. And then we have in paragraph 2227, another reference here on on forgiveness. And it says, the practice of all the virtues is animated and inspired by charity. What is the root of this? Charity, love, God's love and love for our neighbor, which binds everything together in perfect harmony which is a reference to 1 Corinthians, I mean, excuse me, Colossians 3.14, binds everything together in perfect harmony. It is the form of the virtues. Charity is the form of the virtues. It articulates and orders them among themselves. It is the source and the goal of their Christian practices. Charity upholds and purifies our human ability to love and raises it to a supernatural perfection of divine love so that like Jesus on the cross, we can forgive. Remember when they were stoning St. Stephen in the Acts of the Apostles? And as he's being stoned, he says, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And Paul was the one who, who they were piling the cloaks at the foot of. And so Stephen prayed that God would forgive those who were killing him. And he gets this from supernatural charity, the divine love of God in his heart. He couldn't do this without God's love. It's true. As human beings, some of these things, God does call us to do the impossible, by the way. He really does. But Mary, when we say the impossible, with grace, all things are possible. Correct. Without God's grace, we couldn't do it. But with God's grace, we can. And we're called to live in charity. We're called to love our neighbors. And Jesus, you know, at first it was love your neighbor as yourself, Old Testament, right? Mm-hmm. But in the New Testament, Jesus takes that up a notch. Mm-hmm. He said, love one another as I have loved you. Wow, that's powerful. I have loved you. And Tres of Lezu was like, well, Lord, I can't do that. 
you loved me first, even when I was your enemy. Yes. How can I do that? Unless, Lord, unless you lend me your heart with which mm. to love. So we can ask Jesus to lend us his heart with which exactly. to love. And then it goes on in paragraph 2845. It talks about there is no limit or measure to the essentially divine forgiveness. Okay. There's no measure. Okay. See Matthew 18, 21, 22 and Luke mm-hmm. 17, 3 and 4. Whether one speaks of sins, as in Luke eleven four, or debts, as in Matthew six twelve, mm-hmm. we're all debtors. We're all debtors. Owe no one anything except to love one another. Saint Paul teaches us in Romans thirteen eight. Owe no debt to anyone except to love one another. We love one another for God's sake, because God has commanded us to love. The communion of the Holy Trinity. The communion of the Holy Trinity, the love that exists in the Trinity between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, this is the source and the criterion of truth Mm. in every relationship. It is lived out in prayer and above all in the Eucharist. And remember, in the Eucharist, Jesus gives himself to us. We who were once his enemies and who still sin, and he forgives us. And if we're in mortal sin, we don't go to communion until we go to confession. But he forgives our venial sins in, in communion. See Matthew 5, 23 through 24 and 1 John 3, 19 through 24. God does not accept the sacrifice of the sower of disunion, but commands that he depart from the altar so that he first be reconciled to his brother. Now that's from a sermon by St. Cyprian, but where did St. Cyprian get that? <laughs> oh, Matthew 5, 24. Imagine that. Where, where, <laughs> where Jesus says, if you come to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, go first to your brother and be reconciled. Yep. Then come and offer your gift at the altar. Yeah. Now, if your brother refuses your efforts at reconciliation, You've made the effort. You can come and offer your gifts. But offer up, ask ask the Lord to, before you even go, ask the angels to help. Mm. Ask your guarding angel to talk to the guarding angel, the person who's hurt you, and say, I want to reconcile with this person. Ask their angel. The angels collaborate and help us to be reconciled because I want to be right with God, and I want my brother to be right with God too. So we have to do that. Can I just jump in and say, Mary, you nailed it when you said the angels, because the job of the angel is to get us to heaven. Yeah. And when we have unforgiveness going on, it's difficult to get to heaven because our Lord said it would be difficult. Unless you forgive, your sins won't be forgiven. Exactly. So how do you get to heaven without being a forgiving person? You can't. We have to learn. And so that's where the guardian angel steps in and says, hey, let me help you out here. And remember, the guardian angels have to put up with us. They, yeah, they see all life. of our sins. There's nothing you know, that we do that is, is it's hidden from the guardian angel. Mm-hmm. They see all of our sins, and yet they continue to stand by our side to guide us and guard us, to try to encourage us, to, to give us insights, and to try and give us light to follow the Lord. Amen. Despite our infidelities. Yep. So St. Cyprian went on, For God can be appeased only by prayers that make peace. Yes. Or do our prayers make peace? Are we asking for peace? To God, the better offering is peace, brotherly concord, and a people made one in unity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so we need to make sure that we're, we're forgiving. And again, this is all from Scripture. You can you know, look at Matthew 5.24 again and the, 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 the verses before that that lead up to it. That you know, if you come to the altar and you remember that your brother has something, be reconciled with your, no. your brother. 
And there are so many stories throughout the world of people who have, you know, forgiven things. It's, it's like that. This woman, you know, her husband was killed by a drunk driver, but she forgave him. The man whose son was killed by a, a, a thief or whatever crime he was committing, it was some, and, and he killed the, the person who witnessed it. Um, the family whose son was killed and they adopted the, the boy who wow. killed their son. Mm-hmm. And so over and over again, there's these stories of forgiveness. And I want everyone to look up a man by the name of Y. G. Uh oh, this is a good one. N y g h t s t r o m. Y g nightstorm. And again, could you forgive if you had been raped when you were eleven years old? Oh no. Could you forgive if your parents had fought mercilessly and had decided to divorce and hated each other, at least exhibited hatred towards each other? And then when you were grew into your teenage years and looked like your father, you were with your mother, but your father decided, your mother decided, I hate you because you look like your dad and I hate your dad. Wow. So out of my house. So at 18 years old, he's kicked out of the home. He has to live on the streets. He's, mm. he, he, he begs work to have food. Yes. And, and he get, but he gets beat up occasionally by people on the streets. He gets robbed. He gets, you know, and then he's homeless. And at one point, his um he had a girlfriend and he got her pregnant yep. they're not married and um he did something that offended her and so she's talking to her friends and she calls him one night and she says i'm going to abort the babies oh, no. she, she was pregnant with twins by the way and she, she said, i'm going to abort the babies and it was her way her friends had told her this is the way you can hurt him oh. she does this deliberately to hurt him so sad he had two failed marriages he had oh. And yet, this man today, yeah. today, he gives talks on the power of the grace of God in your life. Awesome. At one point, he was on the street. He was sitting on a curb. Someone had just beat him up and robbed him. They'd taken his shoes and socks. It was yeah. cold. I think he was in Chicago, mm-hmm. Chicago area. And he's sitting there, and this, um, what was it, a, a, a fancy car pulled up. I can't remember the name of the car. But if you listen, if you go on look up YJ, YG, mm-hmm. YG Nightstorm, you'll find it. And the man got out of the car and he was dressed nice and he, he, he was about 72 years old. And he said to YG, he said, God has a mission for you. And he prayed with him and over him. And he said, I want you to know that in the 1950s, I was sitting where you are right now. Wow. And somebody mm-hmm. prayed over me. A man came up in a fancy car, got yeah. out of the car, and prayed over me. Wow. And told me God had a mission for me, and it changed my life. That's fantastic. And then the guy took off his socks. He had some really fancy, um, <laughs> expensive socks on, and he yeah. put them on YG's, YG Nightstorm's feet. And he said, just as these socks cover your feet, I promise you that the Lord God will cover your life and protect it. Wow. And at the time, you know, YG was, you know, he was young and he didn't really get it all. And he still had a long way to go. But just, and he talks about forgiveness. And now yeah. he's actually running as a, he's running for a political office in, I believe, Georgia. And, and and didn't Father Frank Pavone interview him? So go to Priest for Life. I believe his uh, YouTube channel will have that interview. Or if you just look up YG Nightstorm, mm-hmm. you will find it too. But Good. I'm sure it's on Priest for Life because oh, yeah. Father, Father Pavone knows YG quite well. Mm-hmm. And they've spoken many times. And I, I've, I've heard YG Nightstorm speak. 
and there's no bitterness. There's right. no rancor. There's, he said he's great friends with his mother today. Awesome. And, you know, praise God. The grace of God has done all this in his life. And the grace of God can do this in every life. We have to forgive. But it's not a have to in terms of, you know, I'm going to beat you up if you don't do this. It's like for our own good, to be able to grow in the Lord, to be able to be instruments of God's love and peace and healing in the world. We have enough hatred and division in this world. Amen. We don't need any more. And as YG said, this is not about black or white or yellow or red. or It's not about race. It's about the fact that we were all made by God to be in union with God and we're made as his very dear children and he wants us to behave like him as his very dear children and God forgives us every time we ask. He forgives us every time we ask when we are sincerely sorrow. Now, God can't be deceived. So if you're saying, well, God, you know, forgive me because you, you just got it in the back of your head that, well, you know, if I say I'm sorry, but I can go right out and do the same thing and I'm not going to change my life at all. Yeah. Now, that's called presumption. Amen. Now, that's, you can't, that's not what it is. Nope. But to truly, truly, truly f- repent of our sins and ask for forgiveness. And that's part of it, too, is we have to ask God to forgive us for our sins. So there's that music, Terry. That's it. And we're going to come right back with the Bible with the Barbers. Storytelling of how powerful the healing power of forgiveness is in people's lives. And I got to tell you, if you haven't been able to forgive somebody, now's the time to do it. Don't wait till tomorrow. We'll be right back with more on the Bible with the Barbers. Now back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome back to the Bible with the Barbers. Talking about forgiveness, I was mentioning off the air to my wife. I said, you know, Mary, you can think about Jesus Christ, the God-man, forgiving on the cross that you said. But now we have an example early in the church in the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 7, verse 57 to 60, of St. Stephen. Can you share what happened to him and how he forgave his accusers and his attackers? Remember, St. Stephen, would uh, he witnessed to the, that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And he, he um, is before the Sanhedrin, and he tells him, look, you're stiff-necked people. <laughs> God, you know, just like your father's, God gives you all these signs and you reject them. And and then he says, I see the heavens open and I see the son of man sitting at God's right hand mm-hmm. in glory. He has his vision and he, right. and he just, and so they grab him and they take him outside and they start stoning him. And the men who are stoning him are piling their cloaks at the foot of a Pharisee by the name of Saul, yeah. Paul of Tarsus. Well, um, as Stephen is dying, Stephen says, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Now, Jesus Christ on the cross said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they do. He asked for the forgiveness of his enemies. And so we are supposed to follow his example. Of course, Jesus Christ is the God-man. Uh, you know, he's, he's God and man. So his humanity is so united to the Godhead, it was, it was impossible for him to sin. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not impossible for us to sin. But by the grace of God, and we mentioned grace before, in this, in this show, we need God's grace. And with his grace, yes, we can forgive our enemies. How many people have throughout time and, and have forgiven, forgiven their enemies? Stephen forgives his enemies. And in paragraph 2635 yeah. in the catechism, it says, Since Abraham, intercession 
asking on behalf of another has been characteristic of a heart attuned to God's mercy. Remember, Abraham pleaded, he bargained, tried to bargain with God for Sodom and Gomorrah that they not be destroyed. And God promised if he could find 10 good men, he wouldn't destroy them. In the age of the church, Christian intercession participates in Christ. Mm -hmm. So it's not like we think we're doing something. We are acting in union with Christ and it's Christ's intercession and ours is joined. Our prayers are joined to his intercession. Mm -hmm. And that's what gives it value. As Bishop Sheen liked to say, you know, every action is like a blank check. If our name is on it, it's pretty worthless. But if Christ's name is on it, it has infinite value. Right. As an expression of the communion of saints. In intercession, he who prays looks not only to his own interest, but to the interests of others, even to the point of forgiving those who do him harm. And you can check out the references that Philippians 2, 4, and then, of course, Acts seven sixty, where St. Stephen asks that his enemies be forgiven, and Luke 23, 28, and 34. Mm-hmm. So this, this forgiveness, and, and it really is possible. And Bishop Sheen had a beautiful story in, during World War II of forgiveness. Yes. Where, um, Tell us that story. There was, there was a, a Christian couple who had a friend who actually was a Nazi. Mm-hmm. And the friend came to visit him one time. And he came to, the, the husband is downstairs alone. The wife is upstairs. And she's not, you know, listening to their conversation. And so the, the, the Nazi's telling him how he's killing all these Jews, you know. And so Jesus, I mean, excuse me, the, the, the man says to him, well, did you go to such and such a village in, in Germany? Yes. Did you kill any Jews there? Yes, I did. Killed How many? I killed them all. The man was trying to convince this Nazi that he could ask God for forgiveness for his sins. And the guy's like, no, I, I kill people. That's what I do for a living. I, I'm killing people. I, God can't forgive me. There's no, forget it, honey. Don't, don't try and convert me to the, uh, uh, there's nothing I can do. This is, I'm, I'm stuck. So th- the man looks at him and says, look, my wife is upstairs and she has not heard your conversation, but I'm going to ask her to come down right now. So he brings his wife downstairs. Now he must have known his wife very, very well, because this is not something you would do with someone who was terribly emotionally wounded (laughs) because they couldn't be able to do what he expected his wife to do. And his wife comes down and he says um, to his wife, I want you to meet the man who killed your mother, your father, your brothers, your sisters, all of your relatives. And he points to the man and his, the wife looks at him and says, as Jesus forgives you, so do I forgive you. Whoa. I mean, that Nazi was blown away. Yeah. He's, this is, this is unbelievable. Yes. How could you possibly forgive me? And she's standing in front of him and she's able, she's already has such, you know, dominion over her own emotions that she's able to just look him and say, as Jesus forgives you, I forgive you. I forgive you. Right. Anna Marie Schmidt tells an incredible story. She also was in World War II. Oh, that's a great story. She grew up in a Czechoslovakian village that eventually was um, Hitler targeted for destruction. Or, yep. And they came and eventually the people who, they, first they tried to, they killed people, wanted, you know, they'd t- choose 10 villagers every day to kill them to try and get them to renounce their faith. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work. So eventually they sent the survivors off to the concentration camp. And, and Anna Marie Schmidt had at first really had a hard time forgiving you know, they killed her brother, they killed, and at one point she got picked for the firing line, the firing squad, and she thought, oh, thank you, God, I get to get out of this nightmare. And um, 
when she, when, you know, the bullet grazed her head and she fell down, went unconscious. And when she opened her eyes, she realized it's cobblestones. This isn't heaven. I, and she stood up and she said, you dummy, you missed. And the men said, well, should we shoot her again? And the commandant said, forget it. Well, she got shipped off to the concentration camps. And, but at one point, she was in a Russian concentration camp. And she was, um, there was a, a man, a huge man. He was a giant of a man, a Russian. And he would beat the prisoners up. Yeah, he was a guard. He was a guard, yeah. and he would beat the prisoners up every once in a while, and he had beat her within an inch of her life. Right. And, and she's, she's there. She's almost dying, and she thinks to herself, no man beat me like that. I'll kill him. Yeah. And all of a sudden, she stopped. And she said, wait, 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 wait. What if I die? What if I do die right now? I'm, he's beat me up. I might die. Mm-hmm. And she turned to him, and she said, Jesus forgives you, and I forgive you. And then she went unconscious. Wow. Well, she woke up a few days later. And this guard is sitting on her bunk. Well, the guards didn't come into the bunk. The bunks were in f- the bunk rooms were the the how, where, where the prisoners stayed were infested with bugs. So they didn't come in. Well, this guy's on the and he's got milk for her. Yeah. And he says, "Drink the milk." And she's, "What's going on?" And he said, "You're not allowed to have any boyfriends. Who's <laughs> Jesus? You're not no boyfriends. Who's this Jesus?" That's so funny. And so she starts witnessing to about Jesus. And I don't know how long, but eventually at some point, yeah. he, she talks to him about baptism. And, awesome. and he, he takes his gun and points at her and says, you do now. I said, what do you mean I do now? I can't baptize you. I'm a lay person. I'm, you need a priest. No, you do now. And he points the gun to her. And she said, <laughs> well, well, then she thinks, okay, I'm going to get even with this bozo. Um, <laughs> then we have to go down to the river. Now, this is Russia, right? In the wintertime. Okay? Old. The, the, the river's going to be pretty darn cold. Not, yeah. And so they go down to the river, and she's going to push him in. Yeah. Okay. And so she pushes him in, but guess what? He was holding on to her tunic. So she went in the river with him. And you know what? She baptized him. Awesome. And something happened to that man. She said that man became the gentlest giant in the camp. Yep. But it was rooted in her, that, that momentary grace that she received from God to have that insight that I could die at this moment hating someone I could go to hell yes so she forgave him and then that man was baptized and became the gentlest giant in the camp the commandant actually called her in and said what'd you do to him (laughs) I didn't do anything to him (laughs) oh yes you did we saw him you took him down to the river no I didn't he took me down to the river at gunpoint (laughs) you know that's cute but he changed he was baptized and it changed him Mary, if I can jump in, Anna Marie Schmidt used to come to our family conferences. She's a personal friend of Mother Angelica. She died just a few years ago in her 90s. Yeah. And I have three hours of her presentations uh, on love and yeah. sacrifice. And I want to encourage people to get that download by calling 877-526-2151. This is a, a woman who understands uh, redemptive suffering, who understands how to unite her sufferings with the sufferings of Christ. And she's an amazing woman. She's gone to her eternal reward, but we do have these recordings. And I guarantee you, when you listen to her three-hour presentation on our Catholic faith, it will move you. So go and call 877-526-2151. Very good. And, and, and this, is, this is the, you know, again, when we forgive, there's a ripple effect. Oh, yeah. Okay? When we don't forgive... There's a ripple effect, too. Yeah. Because when we become hateful and resentful, that exudes out of us to yes. people around us. And when we refuse to forgive others, and I don't, I, you know, I'm sorry, I know there are people who come from broken families. Yes. 
Y.G. Nightstrom, go and listen to his story. Yes. Okay? He was able, by the grace of God, he was able to forgive. By giving his life over to Christ, he was able to forgive even his parents. His parents caused him all kinds of trauma, and he probably was raped at the age of 11 because his father had left the family. Yeah, I didn't protect him. He, Mary, why don't you jump, jump one more point in for Catholics that are listening, that we also have opportunity to see this in the mystical body of Christ, that it's that ripple effect that you talked about. Yes. I remember as a young man, before I married you, I told you I went to confession, and the priest said, I need to say prayers for someone in India, halfway around the world, who is in need of the grace to come to Christ. Right. And I said, okay, man, I mean, my prayers are going to affect that. Yes. And so if you have someone that you know, not only uh, ask them for forgiveness, but pray, like Mary said, to your guardian angel that they'll be open to meeting up with you, but also pray for them to have the grace to accept forgiveness in their life because that's where they're going to be blessed by you asking them for forgiveness. So pray your rosary, make your visits, have masses offered for that individual, and use the spiritual resources that we as Catholics have. That's my take on that, Mary. Right. And again, it's that communion of saints. And yes, mm-hmm. we do believe in a communion of saints. Absolutely. Here we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses that we too may run the race. And and that cloud of witnesses is those who have gone before us. But in in the body of Christ, remember, none, no individual person is the body of Christ. No individual person is the church. The church is the mystical body of Christ. Jesus Christ is the head of his church. And each of us, according to St. Paul, are members individually thereof. And so what one member does affects others. Remember the vine and the branches Jesus yes. talked about? Yes. And so we, we're going to have to take this up on the other side of the break. Amazing, isn't it? It's the You're listening to the Bible with the Barbers with Mary and Terry on together for a change. Wow. And Mary, these stories of forgiveness should touch people because they're touching me. And I've heard these stories before. But every time I hear it, it helps me renew my love for our Lord and Savior because he forgave me my sin. Stay with us, Mary. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. So we're talking about forgiveness, and we've been talking about stories of forgiveness. And in the gospel, Jesus tells a story of unforgiveness. Do you mm-hmm. remember the merciless servant? Yes. The, 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 the servants are brought before, and this one servant owes his master a huge amount, and, the, and he begs with the master, so the master forgives the whole debt. And then he goes out and finds another servant who owes him a pittance, and he throttles the guy and throws him into prison right. until he pays it back. And, and so the other servants see this, and they're, they're scared, and they go to the master and tell him what happened. So he brings the servant back, and he says, you worthless person, mm-hmm. I forgave your entire debt. Yep. Could you not have forgiven your fellow servant? And then what does he do? He says, turn him over to the torturer. Until he pays back all he owes. I always wondered, well, how is he supposed to pay it back? What if he already spent the whole thing? The interesting thing about it is the implication is there. He has the money to pay his master. Yeah, that's the implication. He's hidden it. Yeah. And so that's why he's turned over to the torturer, to reveal where he has hidden it. And the deal is he will be there until he pays back all that he owes. Mm. So God forgives us our sins when we ask. 
And we need to forgive others for the sake of forgiveness. But how do we do this? How do we carry this out? Yeah. Okay. One thing to do is to acknowledge that when somebody hurts us, remember, anger is the emotion that was given to us by God to move the just man to correct injustice. If a real injustice has been done against us, it should be corrected. But the question is, is it our place to correct it? What's the right time? What's the right way? What's the right measure? Okay. So we want to make sure we have the proper measure when we correct injustices that, and also be very, very careful because oftentimes when people hurt us, it's not really a true injustice. It's our pride that's hurt. Mm. And it's just our pride. It's like when we receive correction, a lot of times, and Paul says that in one of his letters, he says, whenever correction is given, it's a cause for sadness because we're proud and we don't like to be corrected. Yeah. So people correct us and we get angry at them. Right. That's not an injustice. No. You know, when, when we get fraternal correction, by the way, that is one of the first steps is fraternal correction mm-hmm. to, to remind people, you know, there are certain things that are sinful and offensive to God. Yeah. So if we're bickering a lot, if we're fighting a lot, let's stop and look at our lives. <laughs> a great story about your cousin in Arizona. And one day she and her husband were fighting and, and all of a sudden, her husband stopped, and she was yelling at him. I don't think he was yelling at her. Right, that's not John. <laughs> she, she was yelling at him, and all of a sudden, she took a breath, and he looked at her, and he said, now, could you tell me how Jesus is in the middle of this? <laughs> that was great. <laughs> it's just like, oh, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> and so we need to stop and look at our lives, first of all, examine our conscience and examine yeah. our lives. In what ways am I hurting the people around me? Right. Is there anyone in my life I haven't forgiven? And Mary, if I can jump in as another action item— we talked about the great prayer, the Our Father, at the beginning of the show. It seems to me that all of us should be getting to receive the sacraments on a regular basis, like the sacrament of penance, confession. And I would think that after we go to confession, when we get our own sins forgiven by Jesus Christ through the ministry of the priesthood, um, that this would be a good time to pray that Our Father mm-hmm. and maybe go to that one person who you haven't forgiven because you know, objectively, you're in the state of grace. What a better time to ask for forgiveness. Amen. And I got to tell a great story, Terry. It just came to mind. And, and you know this one. but I do. I know Ma- everything about you, girl. Mother Angelica told this one years ago. Mm-hmm. This lady came to her and she said, Mother, would you please pray for my daughters? Oh, they haven't great. spoken to each other for 20 years. And yeah. Mother's like, oh, my word. Yes, absolutely. I will pray. I, I will pray. What's, what's, the, what's the issue here? What's wrong? Yeah. And she said, well, they're, they're fighting over a commode. What? And mother's like, um, did you say commode? Like commode, commode, commode? <laughs> yeah, you go to the bathroom on? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're fighting over a coat. Um, and they haven't spoken to each other for 20 years over a commode. Oh, you have to understand, mother, it's gold inlaid. Uh, Their grandmother left it. Uh, and they're fighting over who should get it. And mother said, can you just imagine in hell? Oh, what are you in for? I'm in here for a commode. Yeah, you know, but, <laughs> that's so funny. But but the reality is that yes, we can get bitter about something. It's like I wanted that, and they gave it to someone else, or I wanted that, and it's not clear who it was supposed to go to. And I'm going to be angry at you because you got it, and I didn't, mm. and I'm not going to talk to you. Yeah, as I wait, 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 wait. So, yeah. you know, let's let's not, and again, let's give up our um, <laughs> covetousness. Yeah. And are clinging to the things of this world, right? Which can make us very cantankerous and angry at other people. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we want to go to the sacraments of con- the sacrament of confession, and that's a great, great suggestion. You know, once we've asked the Lord for forgiveness, it might actually be when we're examining our conscience. Yeah. 
to ask God for the grace to ask forgiveness of someone before we go to confession. Right. So that we bring our gift to the altar. We've already been reconciled with our brother. Mm. You know, and, and again, when we go to mass, yeah. if there's a serious rift in our family, and sometimes these things take time to heal. Right. Sometimes there are emotional wounds that need, take time to heal. Right. But begin to pray and ask God for the grace that peace and healing come in your family. And by the way, the Sacred Heart of Jesus promised that if you will enthrone his image and honor him in your home, there will be peace in your family. So that would be an action item. If your home is not enthroned to the Sacred Heart Great of idea. Jesus, enthrone your home to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And of course, where, where Jesus is, his mother is too. Amen. So invite the Immaculate Heart of Mary. But Jesus is the king. Heart of Jesus, King and center of all all hearts, rule thou supreme in our home and in every home, and ask Jesus to establish peace in your families. Mary, I'm going to put you on the spot because I do that for 33 years as your husband. St. Margaret Mary, uh, her, the confessor, uh, when she, the story is that when she was confessing her sins, our Lord came and was saying how uh, impressed, you know, in other words, I want you to promote the Sacred Heart devotion. And that what was said was that when you confess these sins, the question came up, do you remember, does God remember what sins you confessed? And what happened was, is her confessor didn't believe she was actually having visions from, right. from God. Right. And so he said, blessed Claude de la Colombier, he said, okay, I want you to ask Jesus yeah. what your confessor's last mortal <laughs> sin was. <laughs> That was great. So Margaret does. The next time she sees Jesus, she said, Jesus, my confessor asked me to ask you what was his last mortal sin. And Jesus said, I do not remember. Yeah, what is that point, though? That's the, the point is very profound. When we confess our sins, yes. Jesus literally obliterates them. They're gone. They're not in his mind anymore. Now, wow. the problem is we remember them, and... The devil tempts us to beat ourselves up about exactly. that. Eeyore syndrome, as Father Len always says. You know, no, that, and that's focusing on ourselves. Once we have confessed our sins, they are forgiven. They're gone. God has forgotten them. Yeah. They've been washed away in the blood of the Lamb. Yeah. And we are purified in the blood of the Lamb. And so we need to go forward in the grace of God, confident that God has forgiven our sins. And every time they come up again, we just say, Jesus, I confess that. And I know you have forgiven me, and I want you to drive the enemy away from me mm-hmm. and hold up a crucifix. You know, behold, behold the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Flee all you powers of darkness and ask Jesus to drive the enemy away so that he can't use your past to try and get you to despair because yeah. that's what he's doing. Exactly. Mary, I know we have a couple minutes, but I want to make sure we pray on our Father together with our listeners. Amen. So let's do that now. In the name of the Father, Father Son, and Holy Son, Spirit. Holy Amen. Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. The reason I bring this up, we prayed right on the air with you, because I'm going to make that suggestion, because we have action items of what we should be doing to help us in that, prepare ourselves for forgiveness. I'm also going to encourage you to go visit Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. Amen. And that's, you know, that's a good place to ask for forgiveness mm. and ask the Lord to show us where we need to forgive, but to heal past there you go. Um, relationships. Yes. 
Um, remember, the enemy wants to divide us. God unites us in his grace and he unites us to one another in the communion of saints. Mm-hmm. By his grace, we are members of his body. But the enemy wants to tear us apart. Yep. And he does that by trying to break down our relationships. By, and he, he, can't, he cannot get into our thoughts, but he can influence our imagination, which, right. by the way, St. Therese of Lezou, I found, my dad used to say this all the time. And I didn't know where what it was came that? from. It came from St. Therese of Lezou. The imagination is the crazy man of yeah. the house. <laughs> Action item number one. Yes. Cease the inner dialogue and change the subject of your meditation. There you go. If someone's hurt you, stop ruminating on it. Mm-hmm. If, if your imagination is coming up with all kinds of crazy scenarios about what might happen, stop. You know what? I don't know the future. Only God knows the future. And I would right. need the future in God's hands. Because as St. Francis de Sales says, the same benevolent good father who took care of you yesterday is taking care of you today. He's watching over you. He's protecting you. And sometimes we interfere with God being able to protect us. But we want his grace and his mercy so we need to cease that inner dialogue and change the subject of our meditation. Start meditating on the goodness of God. If you want to know about forgiveness, read the story of David in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. He had to forgive. He forgave his enemies. Now, granted, he, he made a lot of sins, and he asked God to forgive him. And he also told God, you know, when he said, punish me. Punish me and my family. Don't punish the nation for my sins. Wow. He, and, and this is, are we willing to ask forgiveness of our enemies? And pray for our enemy's conversion. Are we willing to ask for the conversion and healing of Joseph Biden and Nancy Pelosi and Amen. Dr. Tony Fauci and Bill Gates and Melinda Gates and whoever else, Klaus Schwab and these men who want to do evil, horrible things and have planned terrible things? Do we want them to be forgiven and get to heaven? Ask God for the grace to want this. This is what God wants. He wants to forgive them. As I live, says the Lord, I take no delight in the destruction of the sinner, Mm. but that he turn to me and repent so that he may live. So we pray. We pray for our own forgiveness. We pray for the forgiveness of others. And we make the act of the will to forgive and give our emotions space as is needed. But, you know, don't don't coddle the emotions. You know, sometimes we have to be firm with them and say, look, you've had your space. You've had your eight years to to mourn and weep over that. Now let's let's stand up here and, and... Make the act of the will to forgive and forgive the person and move on with life. You know, Mary, one more important uh, important aspect is having a strong faith to be able to forgive. And how do we get a strong faith? By asking yeah. Jesus Christ every day for stronger faith. Amen. That's part of being able to ask for forgiveness. Right. And we can ask for more faith, hope, and, and charity. Because, again, it's all rooted in charity. Well said. Wow, Mary, I enjoyed this hour with you, but I enjoy every hour with you, folks. I get, I'm married to her. Mary, uh, thank you for sharing those powerful stories of forgiveness in different people's lives. Our Lord, St. Stephen, Anna Marie Schmidt, Fulton Sheen stories. It's all on the podcast, folks. You can pass this on to your friends as simple as going to vmpr.org and picking that show and putting a link to your friends so that they can hear these beautiful testimonies of, of the hidden power of forgiveness. Mary, your final thought. Again, remember that the Lord loves us all. He wants us to live in the freedom of his love as his very dear children. So let us behave like God as his very dear children.